welcome to episode four of the Build My Church podcast. It is my joy to be on, uh, joined by my brother, Aaron Jessica. He is a uh, part of the Build My Church uh, network, as we call it. And uh, he's been with us uh, not too long after we got formed and started here. So, Aaron, good to see you. Good to see you, sir. And it's not me sitting here in the driver's seat. We're both in the driver's seat. We are co-drivers here, okay? So it's a conversation. That's what. That's the big word I hear on most of the stuff I watch. We're having a conversation. So um, that's what we're doing here today with each other. So, Aaron, uh, I've, I've only known you just a few years, not very many, maybe a couple. Uh, yeah. Your, your wife, Kelly, teaches at our school. Your daughter, Joss, goes to school uh, there at Heritage with us. Give us your uh, give us your testimony in thirty words or less. Uh, let us know where you come from and then uh, how God you know just how you got into ministry. I can't do anything in thirty words or less. Not even introduce myself. No, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, you know, but I, I just I grew up in a little town and a little church, and uh, just seemed like God always put people in my way. Uh, sent sent people to minister to me. Sent people. Grew up with a, a very loving grandmother. Uh, she was, you know, everybody that grew up in a little town feels like their grandma was grandma to everybody. Uh, literally, the whole town called my grandma grandma. They don't even know. They didn't even know her name. That's good. Uh, but she would be the lady that would drive her car and chase kids down and throw them in the back seat and drag them to church. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and there was there was lots lots of people that would come to church you know that were older that would testify that she was the one that that uh, was persistent and wouldn't give up and and uh, you know thank God she did drag him down. Uh, but anyways, I, I grew up in that church at uh, I think I was eight years old and I taught my first Sunday school class. Uh, I grew up as a hole filler, you know. I didn't really know what God wanted me to do, so I just filled holes wherever wherever there was a need. I did whatever I could to meet the need. So uh, uh, our church was always turning over and turning over and turning over and people would come and people would get upset and leave and other people would come and they would get upset and leave. And then the people that were upset before that would come back and, uh, you know, small town churches. Right. And uh, so wherever a hole popped up, I would fill in, you know, by, by 12, uh, I was teaching the adult class part-time and I would jump back and forth between junior church and the adult class. And then, uh, by the time I was uh, 18, I was uh, teaching the all class all the time. I was I couldn't sing, I couldn't sing, uh, couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, you know. But I would lead worship service because nobody else would. Uh, and that because I was so uncomfortable doing that, but willing to step out. Uh, one day, I just took off preaching, and I wasn't studying for it. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to do that. I wasn't trying to be that. Uh, but I had been to lots of churches where where just different ministers, people I never met in my life for, walk up and be like, God called you to be a minister. God called you to be a minister. God called you to be a minister. Everywhere I go, no matter. And I would get tired of hearing it. So I would I would stop going to this this church of people I knew. And I, you know, but I always wanted to be in church. So I'd, I'd drive. Well, I remember driving all down to West Branch and ended up in this church. And the minister stops in the middle of a preaching. And he's like, young man back there in the back row. He's like, God, God called you to be a minister, didn't he? And I'm like, for real? Like, <laughs> and uh, it didn't, didn't matter where I went, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I went to this this service, and I, I remember this. There was this, this minister and his wife. They would bring words of God in rhymes. 
you know, I'd never heard of such a thing. And I thought like, well, this has got to be fake. And so I'm like, God, if this is real, you know, just let them come, let them come. And, you know, I know what you called me to do. Just, just let them come on over. Like, yeah, let's, let's have a chat. They stopped preaching. First thing they did, they walk over, stood right in front of me and started rhyming. Hmm. I called you to be a minister and you came all the way up here and uh, stop running and quit your disbelief and just do what God called you to do. Uh, so yeah, my whole life has just been, uh, one big of God saying like, you know, I, I really felt like I was never called by man. Cause even though these preachers were calling me like any church I went to, they were always a lot of times very critical, uh, because I, I would teach in shorts. I would, you know, everybody wanted you to be in a three piece suit and wanted you to, to be proper and look like a preacher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just never God didn't call me to be that. He called me to be me. And once I figured that out, uh, life's been good. And figuring that out was not some path you came up with and said, okay, I'm going to, you're going to put me in front of a box. You're going to trace it and cut it out. And that's me. You followed it your way, the way God called you. That's what I like. That's what I love about your testimony. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I even remember getting in a car and, and, uh, wasn't living for God. Uh, I'm cutting meat in a meat room and uh, Acme and living life the, absolutely the wrong way. And uh, I don't remember cutting meat at all that day. I was a meat cutter and, I, and, and literally all day, I can remember vividly just seeing myself up behind a pulpit preaching. Mm. And the next thing I know is I hear my, my manager's name at the time, his name was Tom. He, he's like, hey, Aaron. And he, he, he's like, and I kind of heard him. And then he's like, hey, Aaron. And I, you know, I, I'm like, what? He's like, let's go. Let's get cleaned up. Let's get out of here. And I look down and I'm covered in blood and I got a knife in my hand and there's, you know, the table's empty in front of me and it's time to clean up. And I'm like, I, I don't even remember cutting meat. <laughs> just seeing myself behind a, a pulpit preaching all day. Yeah. And uh, so I hop in the car and I knew there was this, this service actually all the way here in Cadillac. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm not going there. And uh, I don't want to go there. I remember it. It, was, it was one of those middle 90 degree days that we used to get when we were younger, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got blood on my shirt. and I'm driving this old Dodge Daytona that was on its last leg. <laughs> and uh, I'm driving. I'm living in Kalkaska. And I'm like, I'm just going to go home and take a nap. And I I just keep driving, drive right by my house, drive right. I was like, I'm going to stop at some friend's house. Never stop. Just kept on driving. I'm arguing with myself, arguing with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get all the way down here to Cadillac and you know, I'm like, I can't walk in a church like this. They'll, they'll think I killed somebody. Like they'll really want me at the altar and be banging <laughs> hands and casting demons out of me. And yeah. I, so I had this sports illustrated sweatshirt, this, this middle of nine degree day. So I threw it on over everything. I walk in the back of the church and I'm just, just pouring sweat. And I'm thinking I'm going to walk in the back seat. Next thing you know, I'm up in the, in the second bench and uh, just sitting there and I got in there and there was a, there was just tons of ministers in the service that day, all these evangelists. And this one evangelist stands up and he's, they just asked him to testify and he's, he's like preaching this long sermon. And uh, he kept saying, oh, I'm not the preacher. And the guy that was supposed to preach is like, no, no, this is good. This is good. And so he kept on, he, he went on for like 45 minutes. And then uh, the preacher that was scheduled that day got up and preached and preached this message about, you know, being defeated. Hmm. Got all the way to the end of the message, and he says, and, and nobody likes being defeated, do they, Aaron? And that was it. I'm balling. I'm at the altar, Woo. crying my eyes out. 
and uh, this old Pentecostal woman preacher walks up behind me, puts her head on my shoulder, and she's like, God called you to be a preacher, didn't he? And then it all just clicked. Everything just all at once, just bam, there it is. Okay, God, I get it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just been it's just been going ever since. I mean, there's been ups and downs. And I even driving home from that service, my car broke down. I was so happy that I finally figured it out. I didn't even care. I just got out and started walking home in the rain until somebody picked me up. I wasn't hitchhiking or nothing. I was just going to walk the whole way. <laughs> I, I was just so happy to be on the same page with Jesus finally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was awesome. Hey, so when you're going down the road in the rain, you, you could have been like Rocky, you know, when he got to the top of the stairs. <laughs> like, yes, right? Yeah. He finally... Well, well, luckily somebody from the service picked me up. So, and it was raining, so they couldn't see. Like, I was I was so happy. I was crying and praising God walking down the side of the road. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, so it didn't seem weird when I got in their car and I was drenched because it was raining out anyways. So yeah. it was it was good, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what we're talking about today. And that's why I love your testimony. It's all about not being defeated, not being, yeah. we're victorious. No matter, what do you think? We're talking about the victorious life Jesus gives. The verse that pops in your mind, uh, I came to give them life and give it to them more abundantly, right? That's what Jesus yeah. said. Yeah. Um, and that so many times we think that means, you know, cars and houses and boats and uh, whatever. And it might, you know, that's fine. Abundant life here is one thing, but the abundant life you had, even with the sweatshirt over top of the blood and going down the road uh, happy and all that, finally giving in to God, that's where the victory is at. What do you think people equate, even church people? Where do we miss the boat equating the victorious life to? Well, you know, I really feel like like the victorious life is like, for one thing, there is no such thing as a victorious life without Christ. Right. You know, people right. can have tons of money and they can have and they can sit in their big houses and be lonely. And they can be a room full of people and be lonely. Like there's just no such thing because, you know, as we know, when life ends, our life doesn't end. Right. Without Christ, when your life ends, it's the problem. Right. Uh, I think so many times people want to measure victory with wealth and they want to measure victory with, you know, what clothes you wear, e even in yeah. church. Like, who are you friends with and what's your inner circle? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I eat at the pastor's house last Sunday. Look at me. Like, who cares? Yeah. No. I eat with Jesus every Sunday. Right. Right. You know, uh, every day. And so, uh, I think people miss the boat on the fact that they're, they're really looking for physical signs instead of spiritual signs. You know, uh, yeah. Sunday we went to the church, we went to the church in Detroit and uh, the motor city church. And I was sitting there in the service. And as soon as the service started, the worship team walked up on the platform and there is this teenage boy who walks up in the middle and God starts talking to me about him. And it reminded me of a, a word from God I got when I was a, when I was a young man, but he said to me, he said, and it really is where people miss the boat. He said, go tell that young man that he is wonderfully and perfectly made. I don't care who his dad is. I don't care who, and I didn't know who this kid was at this point. Right. I don't care who his grandfather is. I don't care about anybody else in his life. He's perfect just the way I made him. Yeah. And, and he's going to have a unique ministry that only I can give him and, and to stop worrying about everything else. Come to find out it's the pastor's son. Whoa. Okay. So, and he gave me more. 
but I mean, that was a general gist. Uh, most time I can't remember. I can't, if God gives me a word of knowledge, I can't remember it, but, but I could remember, you know, like this first one in, in a long time, you know? Uh, and so I walked up after service and when I shook his hand, the kid just kind of stopped and looks at me and immediately pays attention. Like, uh, I've seen people shake my hand that way before. And that's not the, oh, hi, look at this nice old guy. It's the Jesus just came to see me. Not me, yeah. but the Jesus in me. Yeah. Uh, and and so I, I gave him this and immediately. He's just like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he's he's very much paying attention. And uh, come to find out, this kid is going on a football scholarship to Minnesota. And uh, he's been ministering. And he ended up getting, you know, he ended up giving a little sermon, a little testimony during the service. Um. But the thing is, is like, we can never have a victorious life if we're always trying to be like somebody else. Yeah. You know, God, God made us each to be who we are. Mm -hmm. Like, like I'm never going to be like you. You're never going to be like me. We, we might have some similarities. We're both funny guys. Right. Right. And, uh, Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like I, I don't want anybody else to be like me. The world can't handle two of me. And, 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 you know, God told me to tell me, he said, you're going to reach people that your grandfather and your father can't possibly reach. Right. Oh you're, yeah. You're not, you're not in their mold. And it, you know, the thing is, is here we are, we're a, a, a people full of excuses and everything in life has a label on it. Everything in life has excuse on it. You know, I grew up with no father and this, this is no disrespect toward, towards my father. So if he sees this, I hope his feelings don't get hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't, I didn't meet my father until I was in my mid 40s, until I was in my early 40s. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I remember being 16 years old, had my first car, paid 50 bucks, 50 bucks for it, you know, mm. and uh, uh, the water pump went out of it. Mm. And so I'm, I'm out in the yard. And, ah, my grandmother didn't know anything about cars. My mom didn't know anything about cars. Nobody knew anything about cars. And so uh, I go up in the hood and I'm like, all right, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. But you can do anything. And I believe that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I fixed my car. I'm just saying, like, like God just started showing me, like, started showing me where the bolts were I needed to pull. Uh, showed me a phone number in the phone book to call uh -huh. of a guy that told me the right equipment to get. Like it just all worked together so easy. And that's way back when there was no Google, you know, like Google was the yellow pages and, and you're thumbing yeah. through it, you know? Right. Or YouTube. I, and, uh, I have a YouTube degree when it comes to fixing stuff like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. You had to feel yeah. around and do it. And you had, you and, had God showing you how. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, it doesn't, you know, uh, my whole life, I could have made an excuse. Like I never had a father growing up, so I don't know nothing. Yeah. And I could have used it as a crutch. And and you have people that have no fathers. You have people that maybe have a part-time father or people that have good times father. But the thing is, is that, that people on earth, you know, I, I'm a dad. All dads are going to make mistakes. Sure thing. Sure but thing. Je but Jesus doesn't make mistakes. No. So a victorious life in Christ is, is just that it's like realize who you are in Christ realize who your daddy is you know right like right. you got a father in heaven that's that's never going to leave you never going to forsake you and you just got to realize who you are in him and, and 
like it just works for me. Uh, I don't know about everybody else. Uh, I know I've I've made mistakes with my kids, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I honestly think in my life I was better off just how I was. Yeah. Because when I finally realized that if I prayed, God would show me and teach me, uh, it worked awesome. You know, it, it really did. And and I got past that ever. You know, was there times I'm like, man, why does everybody else have a dad? I don't. It, but I, I never wanted to use it as a crutch. Right. You know, I never wanted to be like, uh, I grew up in this little town. We were the poorest family in town. Uh, I didn't have a dad. I, I could use a million one excuses, but it's not okay. No. It's, it's just not. No. No. And, and, and I think the number one thing that, that, that leads to defeatism is excuses. And I heard a yeah. good sermon on that the other day. Um, we're not, you know, this was a leader of a church, but he said, we're not making excuses when we do that. It's a waste of time. It does not lead to anything uh, worthy of, of our time. And it doesn't give us any answers or any building blocks. We're just walking around talking about how we can't. And, and just like you with the water pump, very easily could have just said, I don't know how to do that. But that's where people, it's that ridiculous faith. You're describing it and your life fits that. You know, we've, we've had, we talk every week, like I do with the other guys. And I, I'm always amazed at the uh, stories you have and the testimonies you have of how God has slipped right in and, and taken care of what you need him to take care of right when, when it was at its most critical moment. And some people would say, well, I'm not going to pray over how to fix a car. Why not? You will, if you have to, you will, if you're the yeah. only one that, to be relied on, that's where the victory yeah. is. Well, I, I've, I've had my car break down at church, you know, it overheated. So I, I pulled over and I, I wanted to go to church. I knew there was a meeting. I knew who was going to be there. So uh, I pulled over. I didn't have no water. So I let the car cool for about three minutes. I had a two liter amount due in the back of the car. I took it out. I dumped it in the radiator and I went to church. Like, I kid you not, I, I, I pull in church. I had to park out on the road because the parking lot was so full. I pull in and people are looking out the window because there's smoke rolling out from underneath my car. Sure. And I'm like, I'm like, God, if you could just stop that smoke, <laughs> like, that'd be great. I'm here to have church. I'm not here to interrupt it. Right. And, uh, you know, and it stopped. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I feel like we can find every excuse in the world not to go to church. Yeah. Yeah. When there's only one excuse to go to church, and that's to be closer to God. Right. Like. Right. But that's the biggest one we need to have is not all the rest, just the one. Yeah, I think, are we finding that nowadays even more so? Like if you, if we look at church, you had to do online for COVID. And, you know, I keep talking about that. I know we're, there's still cases of it around, but it, it attacked the church so bad that it made us rethink everything. And now it's an excuse. Well, I can't. And now we give them maybe sometimes you know, should we rethink the technology and say, well, should we uh, should we not make things so easy to stay home and make that excuse and stop being Hebrews 1025 anymore, forsaking together, assembling together? These things are good in a pinch, but they aren't to be to to make up for being together. Right. They're not replacements. Yeah. No, no. And I and, you know, I people talk about like, well, shut-ins and the, the older people and uh i've been i've been preaching in services where there's people there over 100 years old like there's yeah. just i get it you're gonna have some people that are just disabled uh 
I've preached in services where there's people come in that had no legs, came in, in wheelchairs. Like, uh, I feel like there's always a way. Is there going to be some people? Yeah, I don't want to put anybody down and be like, you, you know, there's something wrong with you because you can't be in church. I know there's always going to be right, right. some situation, but I feel like we're just too easy to give up. Yes. You know, it's it's too easy to, to give up on getting there. And then once we get there, we're too easy to, to, to give up and be like, okay, God, I got touched enough. I'm ready to go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like we're, we're just this, we want this quick and how we want it and put God in a box. Don't let him out of the box. You know, touch me the way I want or don't touch me at all type people. Right. Right. And it's, it's really, it's really sad. And, and I think, you know, the thing is, is like, I feel like I always minister best when I, when I just talk from my heart, you know, and, and I talk about past experiences I've had. Yeah. But you have to go through things to get those experiences. You know, right. like when I share stories that my, my grandma shared, you know, I'll bring up some things. I don't feel the same spirit there as when I, when I share stories that I went through. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe we just rely too much on other people and their knowledge and their experiences instead of being like, uh, I want, need some experiences of my own, you know, because yeah. if you have your own, that means you really do know God personally. Mm-hmm. Even in the hard times, right? I think yeah. hard times shape us as much, if not more than the, the victories and heart or the, the, uh, the hard times, any easy times, both are the fun times. And when it's all falling together, I had, I had two great pieces of news today that only God could do financially, you know, and only God could do that. One of them was ridiculous, Aaron. It was totally, I'm still, I'm still walking around with my mouth open how, how it worked out. And then it, it comes to me again, one more time. Of course it did. God, God's like, I can do anything. You have to trust me. And it didn't just happen. It's a, re, you know, you go back to what you said, the victorious life. If you're going to win, you got to show up prepared. And I, I think he blesses yep. that. I spent time with him. You spent time with him. You have time in prayer. You show yourself obedient and it happens. It's not just a genie and a lamp. Don't you think people yeah. treat him like that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times people are like, take me out of this. You know, God, I can't handle this. Take me out of this. Yeah. Well, that's just a circling around to go through it again. Yeah. Yeah. You get, yeah. You don't get victorious by getting rescued. You get victorious by going through it. Right. You know, and, and God doesn't ask you to go through it by yourself. Right. Uh, he'll walk through it with you, but you got to go through it to get to the other side. Yeah. What part of I'll never leave you or forsake you is not clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's going to stay with us no matter what. We have to stay with him. Um, I don't know. So in a game, we can keep score in any kind of sporting event. There's a way to, uh, to, to do that. That's how we know who wins. How do you know where, where's this victory? We know it comes in Christ, but if someone's like, well, I want to be, I want to live victorious too, but how do I know that I'm being victorious? How do you, how do you break that down for somebody you, you have in it already in a lot of ways, but you know, we want to talk about, we want to share this with people. We, it's real. We can have victory. Is it trusting him in the little and the big? Is it learning to get yourself out of the way when times are tough and allow him to take over? You know what, how, how would you advise somebody in that? You know, I, I think, you know, and this may seem really simple, but I think you can consider yourself to be victorious in Christ when you get in a good service 
and and you know maybe i'm just wrong but when you get in a good service and you just don't want to leave mm -hmm. when you stop thinking about uh i gotta get home and, and get dinner or i gotta get the kids to practice or i gotta when you right. when you make that conscientious choice uh and it's not a choice it's just a reaction yeah if i don't want to go yeah I, I I don't have enough of Christ. Like when you shut off the TV to pick up your Bible, instead of turning on the TV and putting your Bible down, mm -hmm. when you don't want to leave church, when you're more worried about giving to somebody than you are about somebody giving to you. Right. I think you finally found victory mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you stop thinking about yourself and you start to think about everybody else. And, and that's not just what everybody else as people, but that's also everybody else is in Christ. You know, yeah. and some of it's selfish. Like, I'll admit it. Like, there's times I didn't want to leave church and it was selfish. Like, I felt so good being there. I don't want to go anywhere. I didn't want it to stop. Yeah. I don't mind being selfish like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I, hey, I'm a blessing hog too. I'll take as many as I can get. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And aren't we sometimes like they were in, in Acts when Jesus ascended and there they stood when they saw him leave? And yeah. apparently they had their mouth open. They're looking at the sky and the angel had to come and tell them, okay, you know, you don't need to be yeah. right here all the time. You can go. He'll find you. The you same can, yeah. one that left, he's coming the same I mean, way. I find myself like that sometimes. Like, are you kidding? That's kind of how I was today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't think there's any way to just truly measure victory except, no. you know, and the thing is, it's like each and every one of us has our own personal experience with God. And if you don't have a personal relationship with God, you don't have victory. Right. But if you have a personal relationship with God and you got him by your side and, and like, you're going to find it. Right. There, there is no way to measure it. Right. You know, right. for me, like it was always like, you know, we'd have fellowship meetings and, and, uh, uh, some of the old, uh, the old guitar players and piano players and banjo players would all, they'd all eat quick and then they'd come and they'd sit around and play together where a bunch of people weren't there. Well, I knew what they were going to do. So I, I'd go out and just make a small plate and wolf it down and run back in and sit in, in church so I could listen to them. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be around it as much as I possibly could. You know, I just never, I loved being in the presence of God because good things always happened. Yeah. But you know, I, I think the difference is, is, is I've been in services where there were miracles uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen little kids' crippled legs, like heard the bone scrunch and seen their feet turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've, I've been there and got the reports when people came back and are like, I I'm healed of cancer. Uh, there's just things I've read the article. I, I used to go visit this minister down in Ypsilanti all the time and he kept the article and he used to go preach over in Africa a lot. And, uh, he had a newspaper article from a report in in africa and basically it read uh their teeth were filled with an unknown substance mm. and then i sat in the service and listened to him preach and just felt like the cool breeze of god blowing through the service you know like yeah. you can until you've experienced that and made your own experiences it's really hard to declare victory but you can't get victory if you're not looking for it. Right. Right. You know, like you, you have to want it. It's not, you know, we're not here saying like you don't have victory and we're trying to make anybody feel bad. No. Uh, Cause you haven't experienced those things. But if you, if you search diligently and, and you seek long enough, you will get those. 
Mm-hmm. And it like, doesn't happen I, overnight, does it? It's not, no. you're not talking about, you've shared a lot today already. Um, and you shared a lot with me over the weeks that we talked. That's years of events in your life. Yeah. Well, you and and that that's years of me falling asleep on the altar and uh waking yeah. up waking up on the hard altar and just start praying again. Uh that's that's years of me falling asleep with my Bible on my chest. That's years of, you know, uh, but that's the best rest you can get. Like it really is. If you can fall asleep praying, you wake up with a rest that you've never had in your life, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, uh yeah. There's no rest like the rest from the Holy Spirit. No, no, uh, that's for sure. It's what he came to twice called the comforter because he comes yeah. to bring us rest and peace as well as direction, right? Um, so it's not a formula. And that and I, you know, we knew that already. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you've you've uh, spoken it the way you have because I know you have that victory. And I know every time every time you tell me a situation in your life, I don't have to think, oh man, I bet this ended bad because Aaron probably uh, did this or that. I always can tell, I know you're going to say, but I trusted God. And that's the reaction. It's like blinking. You know, we, you and I have blinked. We've been on here almost a half hour and I'm sure we blinked a lot. We did. We know we did. No, I'm not counting my blinks, nor am I counting, uh, how many times I read my Bible or pray. Prayer is, uh, is an open flow from my heart all the time. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the victory. You know, and, and I, I just think like there's so many people in the world and, and I don't want to sound like old church because, you know, a lot of times you grew up in old church and, and uh, they would scare you into getting saved. And then you were saved. They would tell you you weren't saved because you weren't doing something right. And they would, yeah. uh, but there is like so many people walking around the world uh, that think they're saved, but really don't have any personal relationship with God. Like they never pray. They never read their Bible. They never, they've never said like, you know, God, I'm, I'm a sinner and I need you in my life. They mm-hmm. say, they'll, they'll look straight at you and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm a good person. I believe I'm going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not it. No. And uh, I was talking to some guy the other day and I was, I was uh, sharing with him, you know, just some of the things. Cause he, he asked me, he's like, well, you know, what, what good things has God done for you? I think he was challenging me, you know? And I said, well, I've, I remember a time when I was, uh, I lost both my jobs in the same day, had two jobs. And then a, a pastor showed up at my door and handed me a check for $5,000 and said, I was praying to God, I told me to bring this to you. Mm. Uh, I told him about, I, I was teaching a, a class on the Holy Ghost at a Presbyterian church. Uh, Want to know why they couldn't speak in tongues. And, and uh, you know, that's a whole nother subject, but. Um, I don't believe you have to, if you want to or not, whatever. Uh, but through, you know, my car was falling apart at the time and after service, all these guys just started walking up, handing the pastor checks and said, Hey, this is for Aaron to put it towards a car. Like when I left that service, I wouldn't pay cash for a car. It was, it was almost $4,000 and paid for a whole year's worth of insurance. Uh, That's God. That's yeah. God, man. So, yeah. So yeah. I'm sharing this with him and he says, you know, and, and, and he uses a four letter word in it. And then he says, God gives me peace and serenity. And I just kind of smiled because you, you can't argue with that person. Yeah. But they have no victory. No. Like they're claiming it and, but they're claiming it for themselves. They're not, they're not, you know, I, I don't have victory. The Christ in me has victory. Amen. 
That's a great way of putting it. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, it's, it's just like I, they didn't give me money to buy a car because I taught a great lesson. They gave me money to buy a car because they saw the Jesus in me. And, and you know, before I pray, like I, I studied out, I prayed. And uh, I find halftime, I'll write down, you know, 10 or 20 verses. And I'm always very well prepared. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hardly ever use them. Like I, I know most of my heart anyways. Yeah. Uh, but most time I, I just talk from my heart because that's where God is. Yeah. You know, uh, God showed me things about people when I've been ministering. God's given me words of knowledge about people. It's never, I don't give it. The Jesus in me gives it. Right. I can't do anything. Right. You know, and, and when people, when people figure that out is, is, you know, you want this and you want that, you want that. I don't need all that stuff. I want to provide for my family. I want my family to be comfortable. Uh, but more importantly, like, I want Jesus to be in me and use me in any way possible. Like, I want, I want to see people healed, not by my hands, but by Jesus through my hands, you know? Right. That's right. Uh, and people think, they really think, you know, they'll tell you, like, work hard and do this and do this and, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You don't get anything unless God lets you have it. No. You know, you can work as hard as you want unless unless God opens the door or opens the window and, and says it's okay. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, your life can just be full of downs, no ups. Right. Uh, it's just by the grace of God that any of us have victory at all. Yeah. You're hitting it on every mark with that. It's the Jesus in us. Um, victorious life in Christ to get to the victorious part, there must be an in Christ or we're not getting yeah. there whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and what you've said, there are so many people that are going to hear a lot of those instances. You lived them, you know, they're true. No one has to convince you. And whether anybody wants to believe them or not, that people can give enough money for you to go get a car and pay cash in a year of insurance. That's how much God loves you. And that's how easy it is for God. That's yeah. victory. But what I know about you is God didn't have to do that for you to love him. You loved him anyway. Right. There's there's the, there's how it has to be. Right. Right. You can't, you can't do it to get stuff. No. You just no. got to do it. Cause you, you want to have that relationship, you know? Yeah. And, and I thought about it after I left that service and, and I thought about it and I thought about that kid and I thought about uh, all the times God sent people my way just to speak to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when we talk about going to Detroit, we're going to go on a different date and we were going to stay in a different hotel. And we didn't even talk about going to church until we were on our way down there. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, God worked this all out. Like we are where we were at for that particular purpose, just so I could go talk to that kid. Sure thing. And he, sure thing. he arranged him to be there that Sunday. He arranged me to be there that Sunday. And I didn't appreciate everything that happened in the service, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got something out of it. I felt the spirit of God there, uh, but he had me there because that is a conversation that kid will never forget. Like, like Jesus sent me a uh, hundred and some miles to talk to that one kid to say, right. you're uniquely uh, and perfectly made in my image. I made you just the way you are. I don't need you to be like anybody else. Yep. I just need you to be you. And, and that's, that's what Christ is saying to everybody. Right. right. I don't need you to be anybody else. I just need you to be you. Mm-hmm. When that should be the easiest thing for us to do, because that's who we are. I don't know if you have to get to a certain age to feel comfortable in your own skin, 
because uh, even like right now, you know, I'm looking at my own face on this thing and I'm like, <laughs> this is not my favorite thing to do at all. Uh, right. I'm 55. I'm not 25 anymore, but God made me. He made you. He made all of it to, to get to that point where you don't compare. I think there's victory in that, too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about how hard it is for the school kids. Like, you oh. know, there's all these, you know, we talk about technology. Technology is a blessing and a curse all at the same time. You know, it, it's sure. great to communicate and it's great to do things like this. Uh, but think yeah. of all the pressure it puts on our teenagers and, and young people and uh, they just, yeah. you know, they try to measure themselves against everybody else. And, and God never intended that. Never intended for them to be like anybody. Uh, especially all, all those kids that go to Catholic Heritage. Like, they're there for a purpose. Like, God called them and brought them to that school at that time, at that moment, to, yeah. to uh, you know, walk in every day and see your wife in the office and to uh, go to my wife's class and to see the different teachers there, like, like there is a, a a spiritual alignment, a heavenly alignment appointment, you know, mm-hmm. for those kids to be right where they're at at that moment. Uh, and also, I, I really feel like it was a it was a divine uh, appointment for my wife to go at that day. You know, she never intended on teaching; she just was going to enroll our daughter. You know, uh, there's a divine appointment where God takes us where we need to be, and and. You know, the more and more you you dig and the more and more you search and the more and more you worship and the more and more you pray, uh, God gets you where you need to be, whether you think he's he's always working behind the scenes, whether you, whether you mm-hmm. see him or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't need to see the evidence. I already know it. But a lot of times yeah. I still do. I love yeah. those two words together. Divine appointment. Yeah. Because when when God intersects where we're going, it makes a big difference. And you're exactly right. When your wife came in and now you can't imagine a school without her the kids love her she's a solid influence uh joss is a great kid um you know every none of that happens by accident and so there's two two last things i want to ask you when you see that young man this past sunday and and other young men and and kids uh of course i call everybody a kid i my son told me the other day he said you you call everybody a kid (laughs) well pretty much everybody younger than me is so that's how i that's, that's how i view it um do you, do you think hey that reminds me of me and so i'm going to talk to them the way i wish somebody would have talked to me or you're even going to share something somebody did share with you is that kind of how your your heart turns uh you know it just it just really depends like a lot of times i just walk in and uh it feels really good when god's like hey i want you to go talk to that person like yeah a lot of people won't ever believe that. Won't believe like God just just talks to you and says, "Go talk to that person." But that's that really is what happened. Oh, He's yeah. like, "I want you to go. To, I want you to go tell him," and then and then gave me what to say. And uh, but a lot of times, yeah, I see young people. There's young people at work. Um, I've seen young young men when I worked at Walmart. I'd go in and just talk to him a little bit and, and just share a little faith. But yeah, I, I just feel like if I can plant a seed and and be like, not every person out there is just there to give you a hard time and not every person out there is right. Uh, like, I, I feel like the church world, especially, and then I, you know, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but there's so many churches that are, are there and all rule bound and, and they want their kids to act a certain way. And they like, I pray all the time. God just give me a heart for people. Amen. And I, 
it yeah. took me a while to realize that that's what he was doing with some of the trials I was going through. Sure. So I kept being like, God, what, what's going on? Why is this happening? And it, it took me about a month to be like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, like I, I like to share the experiences of my own. And I, I just want them to know that like, like there's somebody there. Like I, I kind of befriended these kids at Walmart when I worked there and they would literally come back once a week just to find me, to talk to me, uh, just to, you know, ask me what was going on, ask me what was going on in my life. And I would always take a couple of minutes to share Jesus with them. I never pushed it on them. Uh, but they knew if they came and talked to me, they were going to get it. And they kept coming back. So it couldn't have been bad. Right. Right. So, right. But it, I remember, I remember this old pastor friend of mine that's, that since died, um, I remember one time I was going through a rough time when I was a teenager and I called him. I said, Hey, can we meet and talk? And uh, I remember being at Burger King and we're sitting out on the bench and there's this, this table of teenagers. And I kept seeing them look over and look over and, and uh, in the midst of talking to me, he's listening to what they're saying. And then uh, he goes over and, and kind of says a couple things. And the next thing you know, he's all talked to, he just worked his way and talking about Jesus. And they just sat there very respectful and listened uh we're very responsive like i don't want to be like anybody else i just want to be like me but i respected the way like he was in his 60s and he he didn't care how old they were yeah you know he just he just heard what they were talking about and he's like well i'm going to interject myself in that conversation and give him a little bit of god and and so i really do try to to do that good uh as much as possible I, i don't care if i see a homeless person in the mall. I don't care if I see a young kid. Uh, I don't care if people come into my work. Uh, I'll talk about God to anybody I get a chance to. Yeah. And so that's Gordon Food in Cadillac, Michigan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so if you want to come in and be befriended and blessed and prayed over and uh, loved on, just go see Aaron Jessica right there and right in the heart of downtown Cadillac. Uh, that's a nice yeah. plug. Hey, yeah. you got it. Yeah, we're a full service uh, deal here. Lastly, let me ask you, we wrap, we wrap this up. What's encouraging your heart? You know, what what gets me all the time is sometimes even on the church podcasts and stuff, it's all how bad the devil is and how we're getting beat and all the bad stuff around the world. And that may be true, but, you know, hey, we got something better than what the world's got. So what what's Aaron seeing that's encouraging his heart right now? You know, I just, uh, you know, what really encourages me is I, as much as I, I always feel awkward because there's so many different age age ranges. uh, When I go do chapel at at Heritage, I love going there because uh, there's something about when those kids sing. There's just something about when they praise and worship and, you know, when they do their drama club and just the different things they do. Uh, it is so encouraging to me. Like I, I go as much for me as I do for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it just blesses me. It, it just truly blesses me to see these kids that they don't care what, especially like I, I love to see your daughter up there and she just sings and praises God. And she doesn't really care who's looking. She doesn't care who, what everybody else is thinking. And uh, you know, I, I know the stresses of the world on them. Uh, those kids because of all the other things, but they, they're there for a purpose and they get chapel and they sing together 
and I see the little the little four and five and six year olds raising their hands, mm-hmm. and uh, like it it just like it, it just blesses me to the to the point where like I just have to fight back tears. Like I don't want those kids to see me crying and be like, "Why is Pastor Jessica crying?" Yeah. Uh, but I just feel God so much when those kids do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it really does. Like if I go to chapel, it is much for me as it is for them. Like I am so blessed to go sit in there and, and listen to those kids sing and, and watch the things they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I just, it, it's amazing to me. Like yeah. I, I never thought growing up that there was a place like that. Like I was, you know, like I said, we grew up in a very poor town, but there was no Christian school around us. Yeah, there was there was no place like that, and and to see that like the, those kids really do, you know, and and uh, even looking at at uh, this last year seniors that graduated and their I don't remember their combined grade point average was, but it was ridiculously crazy high. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, listening to my uh, my daughter talk about Jesus and and see her get up every morning and and I say my daughter, she's my stepdaughter, but uh, you know, like she's such a good kid. Yeah, uh, she gets up and reads her devotions and, and prays in the morning, and my wife Great gets kid. up every morning and reads her devotions. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think my family always looks to me, but I always look to them. Like I'm not looking at them, but I'm always listening to what they're saying, mm-hmm. and God always speaks to me through them. Yeah, uh, as much as as our group, you know, our our group uh, just encourages me and and. Uh, I think I think the church is so busy shoving the young kids down and not wanting to change ways uh, that they're really missing the boat on what could really just be a true blessing to them, you know? Sure thing. Sure thing. They that are for us are more than they're against us. Yeah. And you have to look right in your own household and then even right there where uh, your your kids go to school and your wife teach. Hey, I'm with you. That's, that's an encouragement. You get more out of it than... Uh, what you give probably but then when they come up give you a high five and they they thank you for coming and they answer questions and they share um you're like yeah the world's the world's not as bad off as the devil wants us to think uh, yeah and god's god's always bigger isn't he he always yeah. he's always bigger yeah well and I, and I just think sometimes we give the devil too much credit like I, I don't yeah you know like like sometimes we're just like oh satan this satan that like don't give the devil credit you want you know talk life I remember not long ago we were talking and I told him, I told you something I'm like, yeah, he, this is what Satan tries to tell me sometimes. And I'll never forget what you said. As long as I live, you go, don't let him talk to you like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're God's child. I'm like, yes, I am. As a matter of fact. Yeah. We're so, King's kids. Absolutely. You put him behind you, put him behind you. Hey, Amen. this has been a great discussion, brother. I love you. Um, yeah. I love I, you. Appreciate you jumping on board with this. Uh, as we keep saying, whatever this is, it's fun. We're encouraging each other. God's doing something. Um, you know, in your heart, I know your heart is to lead and to preach and to love, and uh, you're gifted in that area. So I'm we're honored that your gifts are jumping on board with this, with what we're doing. And hey, the best is yet to come. Whatever God decides to do, we're going to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm so thankful to be part of it. Thank you yes, so sir. much. Yes, sir. Remember our email, the build my church pod um, at gmail.com. Send us questions uh topic ideas uh down the road we got some good ideas we're going to uh post some devotionals uh in october most likely we're going to take a week and everybody's going to take a day and uh, post a devotional on the uh 
on the uh, Facebook page. Don't forget our YouTube and all the podcast um, platforms where you can join and subscribe to it so you can get this every other Thursday uh, that it comes up. And so thankful for that you're here. Remember, uh, pray for each other. We love the church because we are the church and uh, that's our desire. So for Aaron, Tony, Tommy, Luke, um, Josiah, and myself, I just want to say thank you for watching and join us next time. <music>